Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm with someone that I'm actually surprised we haven't done one with yet. It's uh, one of my incredible business partners, long-term. Um, I guess we worked alongside each other, not just as business partners. We were kind of like work colleagues for a better term back in the early days. I don't know whether we call it that. Um, but honestly, and one of my honestly best friends I've got in uh, in my life and someone who's added so much fucking value to a lot of people, especially myself, Rachel Fruind. Yes. Yes, hopefully I said that right. I've never been able to spell her name right, even after the two years I've known her. So, Rachie, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling, mate? Amazing. I'm excited to get into it. Is this your first podcast ever? Yes. Beautiful, mate. All right, we will, I'll, be, I'll go easy on her. Um, Rachie, look, if for, for people that don't know who you are or they don't, they're not part of the PLC world, which I'm assuming a lot of, people, my, a lot of my followers are, is um, who are you? Tell us a little bit about your story, just like the summarized version of who Rachel Fruind is. Go for it. I'm Rachel. I come from a small country town in rural New South Wales, so literally in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I moved to the Gold Coast about three years ago, and I've always been really passionate about the health and fitness just through my own journey and own experience. And I came down here just looking for something bigger, something more. I felt like very restricted where I was from. It was all very much, um, you know, you grow up, you do the same thing that your family's always done, you stick in the same routine, and I just wasn't about that. I wanted something more, so I really wanted to expand and grow and learn, and I felt like this was somewhere that I could do that. Nice. Okay. Now, I know your story quite well so I, I've got the uh, I've got the upper hand here where I can sort of ask I know a little bit about you which is good because some of my guests I have I have no clue who they are so I would love to this is something um, just like that I see a lot in you and that I think a lot of people can pick up from you is your level of resourcefulness, your level of action, your level of work ethic, your level of like urgency to make things happen. Like, like for example, you just mentioned that move to the Gold Coast and it reminds me of the story that I'm going to get you to share, but like even that, which I'll get you to share now, but that this example you guys are about to hear, it just, it's such an incredible example of who you are and the way you live your life where you, you, like you're here, you made a decision to come here when you didn't know anyone or you didn't like, you just hit a point in your life where you said, fuck this no more. I need to do something about it. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people don't, they're at that point already, or maybe they're not, but they're just, they haven't got the balls or the courage, probably not the best word to use balls, but they haven't got the com- the confidence in themselves or the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. So if you're okay sharing it, could you share it with us, I guess, what led you up to the move to the Gold Coast and just give us that, like, even like, you know, the, how you have to live off the food and stuff, like yeah. literally give us that, that, that Cliff story. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Give, give us the summarized version to a point, but really put those main points that you've mentioned to me, how you had to live out of your car, you lived in a uh, caravan place or something like a, yeah. 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 Like you lived, I remember, I'm, I don't want to steal your thunder, but you're living off X amount of food per week. Like you had, you didn't know anyone up here. Like tell us about that move and what led you to making that decision. Yeah. So for me, what made me move or what got me to that point was I just wasn't happy with anything that was happening in my life. I felt like... Like what? Like bad relationship, hated work, family drama, just I felt completely lost and like I did not know what to do. Before I moved here, I think I've told you this story a couple of times, I probably over four nights, I had about three hours sleep. I was just staring at the roof. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. And for me, the Gold Coast was always that one place where I just felt happy. I felt free. I liked being by the beach. I liked being around open-minded people. And it was the opposite of the situation where I was at. So I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I've got nothing else to lose. It couldn't get any worse. I just, you know, I was at the point where I was taking stress leave off work because I just couldn't be there. I hated getting out of bed every morning. I felt like I had no reason to get up. 
So I was like, you know what, I don't, I don't want to live my life like this and there's nothing else I can do. Like it couldn't get any worse from here. So I packed everything I could fit into my car, sold the rest. I think I had about four grand in the bank um, when I moved and I had a hotel teed up for the first week, first two weeks. And then once I got down here, I realized it was a bit harder than I thought. Yep. <laughs> no rental history, no job, didn't know a soul. I couldn't get a so house. So you didn't know a single person on the Gold Coast? Didn't know a single person. What made you say Gold Coast then? Like, if you don't know anyone here. I just liked it. I think because we came up here a lot for holidays. Okay. Holidays as a kid. And I just liked the beach. I liked the vibe. So I thought, you know what? Why the hell not? And then I got here and I realized it was a bit harder than I thought it would be. Yep. (laughs) Because obviously when you don't have a job, you've got no references. Yeah, I don't even know where to start to get a job. I couldn't print anything because I had like... literally nothing yeah um so that was that was hard and at that point I ended up just kind of bouncing around backpackers living out of my car like shitty little places that you could get whatever you could do to get by until I and what were you eating about a roast chicken and a bag of spinach <laughs> per week, right? Yeah, yeah, that was like my weekly diet. So, yeah. literally, like this is, and I'm actually going to rewind a little bit, but just guys, take take on like she came up here because some people, even some of the clients that we listen to this, they probably don't even know this about you, yeah. but that decision that you weren't happy in certain areas of life, and I would like to rewind that and get you to give us a bit of reality of what you were facing because some people say oh my life's tough it's like okay really well what are you actually going through so if you're okay sharing it with this i'd love to even give us kind of the uncensored version of what you did experience and what got you to that point where you said you know what fuck it i've had enough i'm out of here so but literally went up here didn't know a soul didn't have a job lined up had two weeks of accommodation lined up um and had four thousand dollars in your bank account with zero revenue or zero cash coming into your bank um Mate, could you just go back? What led you to that decision? Like, I know you gave us the overall, like, you weren't happy with your relationship, you weren't happy at work, but, like, give us, like, the real things, the real painful stuff that you were putting up with, but you eventually just said, nah, I'm out of here. So what was actually happening in your life at that point? Um, Well, I was engaged. I had a partner that I'd been with for about six years. Yep. Um, When we got together, he was, like, you know, gung-ho, tradie, doing his qualifications, getting in the Navy, really sporty, athletic, like, you know decent decent future and then after um, being with him for a while it kind of went the opposite direction so he ended up being made redundant he lost his job he wasn't making any income he started getting a bit aggressive um, a lot of a lot of challenges mindset wise for me came from that yep. and then because of that it reminded me a lot of family issues so it kind of brought up a lot of that for me um, on top of and so you experienced family issues before getting into this relationship are you saying yes so- yeah and then the relationship reminded me of that mm. which is why I was really like okay fuck it I don't want to go down this situation because I know how this plays out yeah I know how it ends and I don't want it to end like that and give some of the again if you're right giving us the uncensored version like some of those real like bad things that happen like um like you mentioned something to do um like with your dad you're giving me version I'm not going to say it I'm going to let you say what you want to but like what were some of the things you experienced because I'm going to come back to it later where we use it as as fuel rather than excuses but like what and the reason I'm getting you to share just for the people listening is that a lot of people they go through something whether that be abuse or a bad family situation and they use that as excuses for the rest of their life and I know you know what I'm talking about but some people like you like Tony Robbins like Oprah like 
all the people you hear about that have done great things, not all of them, but a large percentage of them have got a horror story. Like they've come yeah. from nothing. They've been abused. They've been raped. They've been like, they've been through hell and back. And when you can hear someone else who's been through something worse or something similar, you can relate to them a lot more. You're like, yeah. fuck, actually I went through that. Cause I know right now there's people that have uh, right now in a shit family situation, their dad's negative, their dad's not around, their mum's toxic, something's bad or their relationships shit out. like what you were saying. But, and they think, oh, I'm the only one. But it's yeah. like, you're not. And again, by hearing someone like yourself, if you could share what you actually practically went through, people that listen can relate to it. So yeah, just share what you want to. But what were some of the... Oh, sorry, just hit your foot. <laughs> playing footsies. Um, so yeah, just share what were some of the things that you had to endure and get through that led you up to that deciding factor for you to get up here? Like from the family or more so from the Anything. Just the ones that stand out for you because it yeah. might be one in relationship, one from dad, one from mum, one yeah, from work. Yeah. Like what were the real big sort of painful things for you that... In hindsight now, you're like, fuck, that actually, that drives me to this day. Yeah. But it might have been obviously quite painful in the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say the thing um, with my dad that I told you about yep. when we went on holidays, so obviously went to the beach, we're like, ooh, it was his his week for custody. And he left us on the beach and didn't come back. So after that, we didn't, like, it was only last September after 15 years that we even reconnected yep. remotely. That was a big standout thing. And so was, in case you guys can get that, I don't know, you're so, yeah. so <laughs> you just make it seem so, and I, and it's a good attitude. You're like, oh yeah, it is what it is, but you move on from it. But like literally guys picture like you drove, how old were you at the time? Uh, I think it was about 11. 11, sister was 12. Like yeah, literally yeah, left yeah. on a beach abandoned at like what time of the day? Just middle of the day. Middle just of the like, yeah, we'll come back in a minute. I've just got to go grab something and then never came back. And just disappeared. <laughs> and the, the two, what, let's say 10, 11 year olds on the beach, don't know anyone like scared. Like how did you get out of that? Well, it took us a couple of hours before we actually were like, oh, fuck, is he, is he coming back? Like, what happened? So we were kids. We were just playing. We were doing our thing. And then we got to the point where we're like, okay, I'm bored now. What do we do? And we're like, we... How did you get home? Like, how did oh, you... called mum. Yeah. yeah, we went back to the hotel and then we phoned mum and we're like, okay, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So like, he, um, he ended up, like, he was just back at the hotel sleeping and had the yeah. door locked and yeah. just didn't really give a fuck. Yeah. Um, but for us, even going on that holiday was a massive thing, like... Previous to that, it was kind of two weeks with mom and one weekend with him. And every weekend that we were going there, I would have a fight with my mom. I don't think I've told you this part yet, but no. I would have anxiety attacks. I would have panic attacks. I just didn't want to leave the house. I would do whatever the hell I had to to try and get out of it. And my mom's approach was always much like, oh, it's your dad, it's your dad, it's your dad. Like, just give it a try, give it a try. And then we would go there and it was this big thing for me to actually get there. We'd get there and then we wouldn't see him the whole time anyway. He would just leave us there. Like, mm. he wouldn't even talk to us. And he, no, you haven't told me that, no. No, nah, he was... He was very, very money orientated. Um, and I, <laughs> I don't tell you this part either, but I did something to his girlfriend at the time that I didn't even remember until we'd caught up with him in September. We like, we went out to her house and she was, I don't know what the hell we were doing, but I was just in a shit mood as a kid is, who's yep. a bit aggressive. Yep. Um, and I said something to her, like, you'll never be my mother. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do? Like, yep. get away from me. I don't want a bar of it. And then after that, he put in an affidavit saying that once a fortnight was too much to see us and he would rather pay more money and see us less. Wow, okay. And then holiday, gone, disappeared. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a bit of a odd situation. Yeah, and what else did you go through, like from relationship to personal life? Like what were some of the other bigger ones that you went through? Um, I would say another really, really big thing which ties into the relationship when it ended um, was I remember one time when we were a kid and my nan had just died. She was like my rock. She was yep. the one thing I could rely on more than anything. And my parents had already split up um, at this point previous to going on the holiday. And 
she just died so he came over acting like he wanted to comfort my mum and like he was going to be there for her and then they ended up getting into a massive fight about the inheritance money and yep. one of the things he said was well I wish my mum would die so I could get some money like this is bullshit wow. I should be entitled to half of that I'm your husband Wow. and um, yeah from there they just got into a massive argument I remember when I walked in the room he was throwing her into a wall and he had an ornament that was Nan's that he'd smashed straight next to her head wow. as I walked in the room and that was the point where I'd seen her Breakdown, like I'd never seen anyone break down before. Mum breakdown. Yeah, yeah, like she was, she was a mess, and that was like her comfort. And then he turned around and did that to her. Mm. So being a kid, try to jump in, doesn't work well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But that then tied into the relationship because one of the the last moments for me with my ex was I remember we were in the kitchen and I was upset about something and he literally had me in a corner in the kitchen and then same thing he smashed something next to me wow and that when I was you like, literally had the exact same experience hey? yeah and that for me was like no nah, done and from that what made you make the decision to get out of it again thank you for sharing I appreciate that so much and I some of that I, I hadn't heard before um, then what from that point then what why did you say? Like you experienced, say, what you just said, then you having a very similar experience in your relation to what you saw with your parents. Um, what made you make the decision to pull the pin and get out of there? Because that's something that people just don't do. They kind of accept it and be like, this is normal or this is going to be my life forever or I'm too scared to. Yeah. Like you make it sound so – and we gave you obviously the, the build-up of how you didn't know anyone up here. You made yeah. the move. You lived off one chicken a week. You lived out of your car. But even to make that initial decision – how did you pull yourself together or how did you conjure up the energy or the courage? How did you get to that point? It definitely wasn't an overnight thing. So even after that argument, once he threw something that I did the same thing, I literally just dropped to the ground, had a panic attack and his reflex was to walk out of the house. So yep. left me on the ground having a panic attack. And when he came back, I was like, if you ever fucking do that to me again, like I'm done. Cause yep. he, he knew a bit about my family, my parents, not yep. to that level, yep. but enough to know that, it was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I was very much in two minds. That's when I kind of went into a bit of a shell. I didn't really want to talk to him. And I was trying to figure out what to do. And then we had another fight. This was the one I told you about where I walked into the house. And at that point, I had been working three jobs. I was up from, you know, 4, 5 a.m. in the morning. I'd get back at 10 p.m. at night working the whole way through. And he was redundant. So I'd get home and you'd walk in the door and be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, what's for dinner? I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you have told me this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was after the initial fight we got into another fight and he did the same thing again he just got me to the point where I you know couldn't even breathe I didn't know what to do slammed the door in my face threatened to go drive my car into a tree and I was like okay that's you know that's twice yeah like clearly it's not going to get any better and I can either sit here and take it or I can do something yep Tony talks a lot like Tony Robbins talks a lot about like stacking and a a point of threshold it's like people he uses the basic example of smoking it's like people say oh I took 10 years to stop smoking it's like no it's not it took you 10 years to get to the point when you decided to stop smoking but along the way like one bad experience on top of another one top of another one it starts to stack and stack and build up it's like when you have a fight with your boyfriend or girlfriend like you get a bit resentful you and if you don't settle it then and there then you build up a bit of pressure then something else happens you build it up again just keep building up pressure obviously what happens eventually it explodes and it it goes out so from what you're hearing and guys just to summarize it you had bad experiences with mum dad family personal life personal relationship what was um i'm just curious what was the uh what was the final straw that broke the camel's back what was the whether big or small because it might be a small one on top of everything else that drew the line like what was it that 
you know what, I'm leaving next week, or uh, whether you had a time frame on it, yeah. but you made that definite decision, I am fucking out of here. What was that for you? He threatened to kill himself if I left. Okay. And I have a friend who was in the same situation, and her partner followed through, and so that was wow. another, like... On, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, another really on top of it. So the, the fight, he was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, drive this car into the tree. I'm going to make it look like it was mm. you. Like, it, that for me was a massive control thing. And it's like I'd seen that with my family. I'd seen that with my friends. I'd seen it over and over again. And to have someone that you care so much about then turn around and do the same thing to you, it was yeah. just a massive reminder of how much people can manipulate you and get inside your head. And it just makes you feel really trapped. And I'd seen my dad do that to my mum. I'd seen mm. you know my friends' partners do that to them. So for me, the second you start trying to you know get in someone's head and making them feel trapped and yeah. I, I think I told you a couple of times, like when we would go to a lunch with my friend, I'd be like, I just need one day. Like, I just need one day to myself. I yeah. want to hang out with my friend, like, leave me the hell alone. I would go out to lunch and I'd have 15 phone calls yeah. over an hour. Yeah. So that's just shows. As the, in he calls you and you don't answer or you do yeah. answer them? No, nah, I wouldn't answer until like the 10th time. And then I'd be like, okay, look, you need to stop. This yeah. is getting ridiculous. And then, you know, people start seeing that. Your friends start seeing that. Your family start seeing that. And... Yeah, I don't know. For me, I think it was it was definitely a lot of things stacking. But if you can leave someone on the ground in the condition that I was and walk out the door and still be yelling threats on the way out, you don't give a fuck about them. Mm. Like if you cared even slightly, that wouldn't have happened. I've heard stories of similar to what you said, like uh, in a very, very, very similar situation. Like you with a, they threaten to take their own life if you don't leave them. If I, uh, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. I've, I've yeah. heard that word for word. Not in me personally with any partners I've had, but with close friends and family members, I've heard that word for word. And then from that, you made the decision. So that's like you know what I've seen that personal life. You can sort of see the reflection of. What your family like mum dad and now what you're going through you've made that decision to come up here first of all mate credit to you I didn't know so you just shared with me a little bit more um, so thank you for sharing mate I'm obviously blown away so you've, you've been through let's just summarise that you've been through hell and back you've been through more than the average bear and again some people have been through more than that but you made the you got the courage you made the decision you said you know what I will not end up like this this is not going to be my future you've come up to the Gold Coast you've made the decision you've jumped in your car what was that like just curious just like on the way up like what was the drive up like were you like what the fuck am I going to do when I get there like what was your, what was going through your mind because it's, it's, um, it's a big drive where you came yeah, how, how about big, 16 hours 16 hours cool. I did 13 hours in the first day and I reckon I could have done the whole 16 yeah. I, the second I got in the car and I was on the highway I just felt like I could breathe Wow. so that to me was like I made the right decision you're like you know what if everything crashes and burns from here I don't care because I'm out of there and yeah. I'm free wow and even fast forward and we'll, um, we'll, we'll share some stories to get to this point but now mate now you're owning a business on the gold coast you're helping a lot of people you've had an incredible weight loss transformation yourself like fuck even if you compare even if you compare right now who you are right now to that 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 old rachel is there like a universe difference between the two yeah massive i'd say mindset's the one thing that stuck or got stronger Mm. wow okay so you're on the gold coast thank you for sharing the backstory to it so you went let's just say you had a dysfunctional upbringing let's just summarize it like that went through um some pain experienced some pain made the decision which a lot of people don't and you said i'm out of here i'm gonna do something myself i'm gonna get out and i, I don't care if i don't know how to but i'm going to i is that fair enough that was it yep. yep so you've come up to the gold coast you've 
you've you're living it out of a backpack. You're living out of your car. You're smashing one chicken and spinach <laughs> per week um, to get by, um, mate. What was kind of next from there for you? Like, what what got you to how? Like, I know I met you early, kind of early days yeah. with, with PLC. What got you to sort of that point? What was your first couple of weeks like up here? Uh, first couple of weeks was just like hell. I think for me that was you know on the drive up here I was like yeah woo like pumped and then I got here and I was like okay shit what have I done yeah because. Um, obviously when you make a decision like that you've got to cut a lot of ties and I had my friends my family like everyone was just so pissed off at me they didn't know a lot of this the background story they didn't know a lot of what I was dealing with so to them it just looked like I'd given up yeah and it looked like I was just trying to run away and escape problems and I was told by a lot of people that I was really selfish for doing that um, so I didn't feel like I had anyone I could call yeah. when, when I got stuck. I mean, uh, like even my mum and my sister, I did call every now and then, but it was the same thing. I didn't feel like I could open up to them because I felt a lot of judgment. I felt like, um, they were all really angry at me and I didn't really realize until the, you know, the end of last year when I went back home, how much it had actually hurt was that them. Your, was that your first time back there? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So that for me that was the hardest part was not knowing where to turn or not feeling like I had anyone to go to. Yeah. So it was just a matter of like, okay, well, you're here now, you're in this situation, what are you going to do about it? What led you to PLC then? Like how many weeks were you up here until that happens? Um, I think that was probably about the second or the third week. Oh, okay, so pretty pretty fresh then. Pretty eh? early on, yep. which was good. And I had applied for heaps of other jobs and I like hadn't really got anything. PLC at the time wasn't a paid role. Yeah. And I got offered a gym management position at the same time that I was doing oh, really? the PLC stuff. I didn't know that. But I, the reason I turned down a paying job, which given the situation was a lot to come here, was I just seen the mindset of the people here. Yeah, cool. Everyone had that growth mindset. Everyone wanted to push a little bit more to do a little bit better. And that was what I needed. So yeah. even if I had to make some sacrifices for a little bit longer, that was the environment I wanted to be in. That was what I wanted to be around. Like just to share one story that I do know that, that you did, like when uh, back at PLC, this is four years ago yeah give or yeah. take I think about four years ago it was a Herbalife gym essentially so you come and do a workout but then you sell Herbalife <laughs> to summarize it that's basically what we did we added on mindset and all that personal development on top of it but the idea was bring someone for a workout and then help them with nutrition which was a Herbalife program and back then we had a rule where you could not do PLC until you've purchased the products and done them yourself so you experience it yourself so what was the story with you <laughs> being able to get the money because it was yeah. 250 bucks. Yeah. Yep. Um, how did you come up with $250, Rachie, to buy your products to get started well, for in a non-paid position? Yeah. By that point, I'd run out of shit to sell almost and the only... So, you, so leading up to that, you were selling things to sort of make a little bit of cash, just yeah. like on Gumtree and stuff? Yeah, yep. just Gumtree, Facebook, whatever I really could. Yep. So one of the things that I had was my nan's wedding ring. Okay. So when she died, we all got a ring each yep. and yeah, it was one of the last things I had left that had any value to it. Yep. So I hocked that. Yeah. Um, to get the money for it yeah and guys before you like because um hearing that without the context and hopefully you hear the background so you got the context of that but it's like some people are like you fucking bitch you just <laughs> sold your mother's but it's like you did everything you could you burnt your bridges which is something i'll come back to later but it's like you the the reason i'm getting rachel to share all these examples some that i do and don't know about it's that like the common theme of resourcefulness doing whatever it takes making no excuses it's like most people come down oh i don't have money for that or it's not a paid job or i don't whatever it's like well now you've let to a point now you're owning your own business and you're like learning so much you've become such a better human being it's like you you never let an excuse you never let a roadblock you never let 
you never look for the reason why not. You always look for the reason why I can or how I can. Yeah. So that's, I guess, the theme that I, I, I've known for you for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping people are getting from this. So where, uh, maybe we'll come back to it later. I'll ask you the question of where that comes from, but let's keep going. So you've, you've jumped on the products. I'll just summarize it from what I know. You've jumped on the products. You get a result, you get started, you learn about business, you start to learn about clients, et cetera, et cetera. What was kind of some of the bigger challenges you had to overcome from that point of view getting those products, obviously selling what you had to sell to get them. And then what were some of your bigger um, roadblocks or challenges you had to overcome in the first kind of 12 months or 24 months? Yeah. From like business related or Or just anything like, did you face more personal stuff or more challenges, things from home start to creep back into your life or was it learning the business? Was that the hardest thing for you? Like what was it for you? Um, I would say trying to balance everything in the background was a big thing. So obviously, um, still getting people from home calling me, trying to figure out what happened, um, trying to find a job, get my feet on the ground. So you, you know, the story when you had to come pick out me because I blew up my car in the first couple of weeks being here. Yeah, yeah. And by that point, I'd literally just got a job that was paying on the side of PLC. And then I blew up my car. So I ended up riding a push bike to the gym and back. And guys, it's not a 10 minute bike ride. It was a... (laughs) About an hour, hour and a half. Hour and a half bike ride. Sometimes in the fucking hot sun too. So so again, context, you're now working a job to make physical cash plus doing PLC to obviously make some money, but also, but it's a lot more commission based. Like you've got to get clients to make money off it. Um, So you're working big days throughout that. Um, What was sort of the next sort of steps for you from there? Um, the next steps for me would have been putting more time into this. So when I had to let go of my other job, that was a massive challenge because that was my safety net. I finally felt like I was kind of getting my footing, getting my feet on the ground with everything. And I knew to make this work, I had to let go of that. And yeah. I was holding on to that a lot. And obviously you and Scott would have seen the yep. journey going through that yep. and even even previous to moving up here, I always had two or three jobs on the go. So I always had a backup plan. I always had something to fall back on. Yep. And the second I let go of that job was the second that I didn't have that for the first time in my life. Yeah. And what was that feeling like? Like letting go for, for people, if you were to relate to you, like say you've got a dream or a passion or something that you want to do, but you're holding on to something else, something yeah. that's like slowing you down, but it's giving you security or safety. Yeah. What was it like to let go of that? It's terrifying, yeah. terrifying. Not going to lie and say that it was easy because it's not. But then you look back on it once you actually get into it and you realize how much it held you back. I remember you were doing one seminar or workshop down here and I was falling asleep in the back because yeah. I was burning myself out trying to do both. Yeah. And it's like you say with sports and things like that, if you want to be good at what you do, you've got to go all in on it. You can't yeah. be half in one basket, half in the other. And that's yeah. what I was doing. And it was burning me out. It was costing me my health. It was costing me a lot of things. And if, yeah, if I didn't get a go, let it go, I wouldn't have moved forward. Mm. It's like Gary B used the term, you're half pregnant. Yeah. Like you've got to be yeah. in or out. You can't, etc. Yeah. So, um, so again, another theme of burning your bridges, make it, making shit happen. So, uh, okay. So you're learning a lot. You've got into the PLC system. You've, you've worked on your mindset a shitload of course you've um, learnt a lot um, let's fast forward now to you becoming an owner of the business what was like kind of like the levels or the challenges you had to overcome to get to that point when you left <laughs> okay yeah cool right, okay so just to summarize that guys so I um, I got to a point where I went to open up my second PLC yeah. um, in Coomera PLC Coomera and this was obviously a big lesson for me because I kind of just smoke bombed it to be honest like literally one day I said hey Rach I'm going to do Coomera you're going to do this for me here's so the keys here's, see here's the keys see you later and we and in hindsight it wasn't that smart like we had no systems like no processes nothing no, like, we didn't even have a CRM and we 
like we're only really getting good at it right yeah. right now. But there was no job descriptions. There was no like. I don't even know if you were paid at that time. Were you paid at that time? No, I was still working. Yeah, so like we did like she was still commission based. So like PLC was not what it is today by any means. It wasn't a real business. Like it was just like all excitement and doing yeah. some workouts and stuff. Like there was no business Running structure. Off passion and hype. Yeah, nothing and that's not a sustainable <laughs> way to do things. So what was the biggest lessons for that? Because obviously the gym went backwards significantly yeah. and I, I, I know that pretty well. So what was the biggest challenge when I walked away and you had to really step up into like a leadership position? Yeah. So that would be putting more pressure on myself to actually get the results because when you initially left I was still sort of hanging on to that other job and yeah. relying on it. So I'm like, oh, okay, well if it doesn't work out, it's you know, I've got this, I've got this and it was going backwards further and further because we obviously a lot of the clients wanted to go down the Coomera with you we had um, a competitor gym open around the corner we had price increases so I think in probably within the first two weeks of you leaving it was about half the membership base wasn't it yeah I yeah. think yeah. Oh, I think like maybe four weeks or so but yeah, yeah. literally half the membership base the second you left so <laughs> yeah. it was it was pressure time it was time for me to step up and learning how to work with others better and yeah. work with a team which I'm still getting better at now yeah um, that was a massive challenge and just learning different personalities that's something I've enjoyed the most about what we do mm. and the, the journey through it is learning how to work with different personalities and if you guys can really pick up on Rachel's subtleness with what she says the word she said you just said something that I really enjoyed this you yeah. really enjoyed the challenge so this is the question I was going to ask before you even said that word was how come and you can you can use every every step of your journey so far you've had challenges but from working with you very closely I'm literally with you every single day at, during COVID-19 um in isolation, of course. Um, with um, why, what goes on inside your brain that allows you to have the attitude that you have, where challenges are, and I'll let you finish that sentence. Like, why do you have your attitude? What is your attitude? At first of all, when I say here's a challenge, what goes on in your head straight away? I'm excited. Okay, I'm so I'm excited about challenges. That's not the average answer you get from the average Joe. So, why is that? Because I know it's going to be a lesson and I know you're going to grow from it. But what brings you to that? Did someone tell you that when you were like, that's what I, yeah. I, I don't know, you know if you have an answer to this, but I want yeah. to force an answer out of you. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because I, I wasn't like that. I, I can't say without the development I've had now. Yes, I do say the same thing. I get yeah. it. I love challenges. It's the tickets to the next level. It's the opportunity to grow. It's the opportunity to become better. It's the lessons you need to get better. Like I know that now, but fuck when I was fucking 18 19 like before i'd got into it that wasn't my attitude but you can see through what your journey was before you got exposed to personal development that was still your attitude yeah would you agree yeah great so why is that it's a good question it's a fucking great question i've asked it multiple times to you over the years in different ways but i'm yeah i would love to know if you could come up with an answer what why why have you always been so excited and looked at challenges as opportunities to be excited and yeah. to learn and to grow? Like, why do you have that? Because if we could share that with someone who could, if you could just honestly out of this podcast alone, learn to be resourceful, make a decision and be excited about your life's challenges that you're going to get, yeah. that alone is going to change someone's life. So yeah. what is it for you that makes you so excited for a challenge? I would say it's the, like, I don't have any fear of losing anything because I've been to the point. Hello. I like that. Yeah. I've been to the point where it's like, okay, you could take away everything I have, everything I own. I could be left with nothing but the clothes on my back. And I know that I'd get through it. I know I'd find a way 
to get back on my feet. So at the end of the day, you can throw anything you want at me. I can crash and burn a thousand times, but I trust in myself enough to know that I'm going to get up and I'm going to get through it. Fucking oath. That's an answer. You haven't said that to me before. <laughs> that, but, but that's a brilliant answer. Like understanding like, and honestly, given that it's actually Anzac today, by the way, guys. So it's 25th of April. Now, I actually did a post on my social media and I said, I, it puts in, I, love, I like Anzac Day because it puts into perspective your life. It's like men and women died right now or yeah. today, whatever years ago now. Um, that was their problem. That, their, their life problem was they were getting out of these boats and getting fucking killed. Like yeah. what's your worst case scenario type of thing? Yeah. So it's like, are you saying from what you just said, even if I lose everything, I can keep fucking going. Is yeah. that what you're saying? 100%. Nice. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, okay. We've been going for about half an hour already, mate. So it's flying, huh? Flying. So, so quick. Um, mate, what would you like to share? This is kind of, we've caught up now. So now we're up to the point where now you've pretty much very recently bought into the business. And now you're an owner of PLC Burley on the Gold Coast. Right in the middle of Corona. Just yeah. Some literally. More how, how, and honestly, <laughs> like literally, um, and the fact you brought that up is brilliant. Like she brought into it probably two weeks three weeks maybe yeah two weeks two weeks before coronavirus hits where literally overnight we got um it was sunday night we got a message from scott morrison our prime minister saying all gyms must shut down as of 12 p.m tomorrow so bang there's a challenge and then yeah. like literally i'm on the phone and i've adopted a very similar attitude to you it's like okay great guys let's fucking step up and let's yeah. uh what are we gonna do what do we have to do do we have to fire a team which we had to do we need a restructure yes we do do we need to come up with new a game plan a better uh, whatever job description Yes, we do. So, yeah, what's it like now, mates? Being in the sort of the driver's seat now, and literally coming from where you were, literally, let's say, have nothing, nothing to your name. You moved up here, didn't have anyone. But then, and it's only a short period of time—three years. Yeah. Three years from literally the day, even less than that, two and a half years. Yeah, about two and a half. Two, literally, honestly, mate, you should be honestly really proud of yourself. Two and a half years coming up here, not knowing a fucking soul. No, had four grand to your name, but that would have gone up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Living off one chicken and a bag of spinach, um, having no one to support you, no support system in the background, literally fighting against every single challenge that's popping up to now owning your own business. Again, like it is what it is. We're in coronavirus <laughs> right now. We'll get through it. But like, what's it like now being in an owner position and what's what's the challenges that you're facing now? Exclude coronavirus because obviously yeah. that's, that's just a short-term thing. But what are you, what are you facing right now? Like I'd still say that? learning how to run a business properly, being that it's something I've never actually done and learning how to manage and lead a team successfully and working on the growth and the development still personally as well as from a business sense is yep. a massive, massive challenge. Nice. Okay. So we can give something. I want to sort of give package up everything you've said and give someone a bit of a practical step-by-step. Step. Right now, go back to, in hindsight, go back to where you were. What were your big defining steps that you did to get out of a shit situation? Step one. I would say you just need to separate yourself, like give yourself a time out. What do you mean by that? If you're surrounded by everything that's happening, if you're feeling really overwhelmed and on edge and you've got everyone in your ear, you can't think clearly. Like I felt like I was drowning and suffocating every single day. So it was just about finding finding a time to have it by myself, which for me, like I said, was four nights without sleeping. Yeah. Because that was the only time I could think clearly. It was the only time I didn't have people you know, breathing down my neck constantly. Mm. So you've just got to separate yourself from everything, take a breath so that you can actually get clear on what it is you want. Nice. What would be after that? It would be getting clear on what you want. Okay. Like take, take everybody else out of the equation because you can't help anyone if you can't help yourself. And something I want want to add on to that during that question, what do you want? 
do you really put yourself first? Like, do you take away like your partner and whatever? Like, do you be selfish in that in that question? Like, what do I want? Yeah. Is that like? Do, is there a level of selfishness? Because yeah. I know a lot of people do challenge have challenges. Like, say you're saying with, when you used to be with yeah. your partner, it's like, oh, if I leave him, he's going to kill himself type of thing. It's like, and it, it, as bad as I sound right now, I'm about to sound. It's like. If he's put that on you and then you sacrifice your whole life because yeah. he's threatened to take his own life, it's like you're just throwing away your whole quality of life, happiness, yeah. mental health, physical health. It's like you need to be selfish. It's yeah. like if that's his decision, that's his decision. Yeah. So And it, it hurts them too. Like if I were to stay in that relationship and I wasn't to be happy, that doesn't benefit them either. Whereas if I can cut ties and walk away, it gives them the opportunity to be happy. So mm. you've got to be selfish to be selfless. And they always tell you on the airplane, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first because if you're if you feel like you're dying if you're not fulfilled if you're not satisfied then you can't help anyone else get that you've got to have that for yourself first in order to give it back to somebody else 110 percent. from that you figured out what you want yeah. what's next do it do it just, See, do do it. It. just fucking do it yeah yeah and i didn't really have a plan and i think if you want something badly enough don't feel like you've got to map every single step out which I know sounds ridiculous coming from me because I'm known as being you know methodical planned organized but you've just got to trust in yourself that it's going to work out because it doesn't matter what plan you put in place it doesn't matter how well thought out it is there's going to be flaws you're going to crash you're going to fuck up you're going to fail yeah so you just got to do it and you just keep doing it and if it fails go again if it fails go again if it fails go again two things I'd like to bring up Gary V uses the term uh, fix your plane while you're flying it type yeah. of thing it's yeah. like you're gonna make, take action but it's gonna fuck up but it yeah. doesn't mean stop start again it just means you fix it on the run you, yeah. you innovate you change you 100%. adapt you do things and something that again I can notice a big theme across your whole journey is that you burn bridges because a lot of people Tony Robbins says if you want to take the islands burn your boats it's like if you've got no way out if this is yeah. your only option and when I say only option you adapt that option there's versions of that option but like there's no turning back type yeah. of thing if there is no way you're turning back, it's like it's like if you, if, you if you're if you're standing in a room and you close the walls from side by side you and behind you, magically you move forward. It's yeah. like if you put no safety net, you're gonna fuck. It's like it's it's the thing that Tony Robbins says again. It's like when humans are gonna either die or succeed, tend to succeed. It's yeah. like if you put yourself, even if you don't believe yourself, if it's either death or survive, you will survive. Yeah. And that's something again. I've got so much utmost respect because I honestly I doubt if I would have done what you did I doubt if I had would have had the courage I'm sure if I hit that certain pain point which you did I would have done something but the fact that you said like from, from moving away not knowing anyone applying for jobs like riding your bike to the gym for all that time like selling again your mother's your grandmother's jewelry to get by who I know you loved more than anything like those are hard decisions but every single decision you made it was furthering it was further burning your bridges or yeah. further giving you no way way to turn around which forces you to come out the other side and better which is I guess what I respect so much about yourself so mate you're quite a simple gal separate yourself so give yourself time to breathe and get your head as straight as you can even if you have to go without sleep or do whatever you need to do you just come up with a time and a space where you can 
get separate yourself from the, the negativity or, or the environment. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough? Yeah. And then you're going to ask that simple question, what do I truly want? And in that question, it's a selfish question. Yeah. Don't take into account your mum, your dad, your cousins, anything like that. Yeah. Do it, yeah. Something something I learned now that I didn't realize at the time is you can reverse engineer that. A lot of people don't know what they want, but they know what they don't want. Okay, cool. So if you're struggling to, to plan the whole picture of the perfect life because it's, you know, fluffy clouds, you've never done it, you don't have that attachment to it. Yeah. But I knew that I didn't want to be in that relationship. I knew I didn't want to stay in that town. I knew I wanted to be around different people. So yeah. if you if you don't know exactly what you want, work backwards. Work off what you don't want. What do you want to get rid of from your situation? Great fucking insight. Um, and then do it. <laughs> Just fucking do Jump it. Jump straight in. But how would you – I guess what's a little practical thing? And we'll probably end on this. We're going for 40 minutes now. What's – um. What's like a practical way for people to say, you know what, just do it, burn your bridges, like yeah. commit yourself, take that leap of faith. Like what would you say if you were to give someone just that extra push or that extra encouragement? What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say that's definitely the hardest part and that's what lets most people down. For me, it's always about looking at the bigger picture and weigh, mm. weighing it out. Mm. So if you're on the fence, you know, oh, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it, but I do, but I don't. It's like, what's the worst that's going to happen from it? You're going to fall over and you're going to get back up. This is the worst example. I'm going to finish on this, but I hear this example all the time. It's like, if you were to think about the process of having it, being pregnant and, and uh, or pregnancy, oh. giving birth to a child, if you were to think about the, pain, <laughs> the, the pain you have to endure yeah. and the process of giving birth to a child, it's like, would you do it? Probably fucking not. But do is that what the mother and the father or the parents think about? No, no. they think about the end outcome. It's a good example. It's the you do it for the ch- the child. You don't yeah. do it for the experience of giving birth. Yeah. I would assume I'm, I'm not a female. I haven't given birth, but from the stories I've heard yeah. and the examples I've heard, it's um you don't think about oh I can't wait to go through the yeah. birth giving process and the experience. From what I've heard, the most painful experience any human body can experience, it's what do you get on the other side? You get a beautiful human being, a beautiful child. So I'll leave it on that. And I'm sure many people would have gone through that. And even if it didn't work out, even if it hurt, even if they lost a baby, if it means enough, they'll find another way to do it. Bang. Beautiful, Rachie. Rachie, if anyone wants to sort of jump into your content and consume what you do, I know you're getting better at being consistent on your social media side. Getting there. So, um, yeah, if they, even if they just want to reach out and maybe something hit home here, maybe someone's gone through something similar or they've experienced pain or you've given them now the permission to take that action and take the leap and get out of that bullshit, how would they send you a thank you message or how would they even reach out to you? Just Instagram. Cool. Social media. Yep. I'm very responsive on my social media. And what is that? Instagram. Rachel Jane PT. Cool. Any underscores or anything oh, like that? Rachel Jane underscore PT. Cool. Rachel Jane underscore PT. So Honestly, I'm... Rachie, I've got the pleasure literally working with you every single day. We were working before this. We just, this is our, our work break doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, we're about to get back into it, mate. But like, I've heard versions of that story. You filled in small gaps for me to, to enjoy. And um, mate, I've got the utmost respect for you. I really do. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you got any value from it, please share it on your Instagram story. Tag me and Rachie so we can see how you went with it or just tag Rachel. You don't have to tag me. Um, But guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for getting this far if you have got this far. And I'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you.